What's happening? Thanks for joining me. Special breaking news edition of the Nick Cattle Show pod on this Thursday night. We've been talking about this offensive coordinator search, right? The conversation from earlier today. And I wondered out loud over the last couple of days on the podcast, Nick Cayley is seen as this favorite. He is seen as this first finalist. And this has been talked about for about a week. Then why is Nick Cayley not the guy? Why was he not hired? Whether it was Cayley or the Patriots, it seemed to me like somebody was getting cold feet. What was taking so long? Well, here we are. I've said I wanted someone by early next week. When we had the conversation about the OC gig, I said, look, if they don't have an offensive coordinator by early next week, Monday or Tuesday, that's when I'm going to sit here and I'm going to say to myself, okay, there's concern. If, if there's not somebody in place for that critical position by early next week, I am concerned. Here we are, Thursday night. Somebody is in that spot, and that somebody, according to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, who broke the news later on, multiple people jumped on the pile and broke the news as well. Alex Van Pelt is your new offensive coordinator for the Patriots. Let's run down his track record. Of course, he played quarterback in the NFL for the Steelers practice squad guy, Chiefs in 93, then played for the Buffalo Bills from 1994 to 2003. Then as a coach, he coached the Frankfurt Galaxy as a quarterback's coach. We all remember those days, don't we? Back in 2005, the Frankfurt Galaxy. Uh, he was the Buffalo Bills offensive quality control coach, 0607, quarterback's coach for the Bills in 08, offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach in 2009. Then went to the Buccaneers for a couple of years as the quarterback's coach. Then went to the Packers for a couple of years as the running back's coach. Went from running back's coach in Green Bay during 2012-2013 to then the quarterback's coach for the Packers 2014-2017. to Then went to Cincinnati to coach quarterbacks 2018-2019. Then he was with the Cleveland Browns the last four years. Got there at 2020. Was the OC and the quarterback's coach. And now, of course, he is the OC for the Patriots. I don't know who it was, but somebody on the chat going back a couple of days brought up Alex Van Pelt. And I said to myself, and I said to that person, whoever posted it, not really sure. I'm not sure of his background. I do know that he's been in Cleveland with Stefanski. And of course, Stefanski is somebody who calls the plays for his offense. So Van Pelt has not been calling plays for the Browns the last four years. So let's get that straight. Here's why I love the idea of Alex Van Pelt. I'm not going to sit here and tell you or guarantee you that Van Pelt is going to be a great hire. I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's going to be a great, spectacular offensive coordinator. But when we look at hiring somebody, I look at the qualifications. And yes, I will get to some of, some of my questions later on because I do have questions. And by the way, David Burnham said he was the guy that said Alex Van Pelt. David, fantastic job. I don't know if you know anybody within the Patriots organization, but it was a great call by bringing up Alex Van Pelt's name. I have questions about this hire. I have questions about how this hire was made, how quickly the hire was made. But let's cover first the reason why I love the idea of somebody like Alex Van Pelt and why I look at the qualifications. So why do I love the idea of Van Pelt? First of all, one of, the, one of the top priorities that we discussed, finding a new offensive coordinator. What did we say? A lot of people, myself, many of you, we said, if you're going to hire an OC, please move away from the Earhart Perkins offense. 
please move away from this old ass tired offense the Patriots have been running. It's way too difficult to decipher for way too many players. It puts too much on the plate of the quarterback. And if you don't have the greatest quarterback of all time, somebody who has a supercomputer for a brain, the quarterback is going to have a difficult time dealing with this offense, learning the offense, running the offense. Get away from the Charlie Weiss, Earhart Perkins, Josh McDaniels, Bill O'Brien offense. And here we are. Gerard Mayo, Elliot Wolf, who absolutely helped with this hire, which we'll get into a little bit later. Gerard Mayo and Elliot Wolf went outside of the building. They went outside of the comfort zone. They went outside of the same old offense we've seen run here in New England for 24 years. They got away from that. And I think that's the first thing that jumped out to me. They're hiring somebody from outside the Patriots circle, which I think is very, very important to get away from that offense, scrap that offense, bring something in. And so what is this offense all about that Alex Van Pelt's going to run? Another reason why I love the idea is the type of offense that he's going to run and why I think that is a fantastic fit for what the Patriots want to do. But first, I remind all of you, Super Chats, if you want to jump the line, we got a breaking news podcast. This is going to be busy. A lot of reaction in the comments. I'm not going to be able to get to them all. If you want to jump the line and contribute to the show, you can do that by sending a Super Chat like Casey Reed did, saying, loving the show from SoCal. Keep it coming. Doing my part. LFG, I appreciate you, Casey, for the Super Chat and for you joining us tonight. Again, that's the way you can jump the line. Let's get to this offense. Van Pelt is a West Coast offense guy. And with the West Coast offense, things are simplified. And when you're talking about as much turnover as we're going to see here in New England on that side of the football, think about it. Many of us believe Mac Jones is gone. And you need somebody in that position to learn the offense quickly. We all know that the Patriots need wide receivers. We all know that the Patriots have zero tight ends on the roster signed in 2024. We all know that they have one running back on the roster, Ramondre Stevenson. We are going to see so many different people walk into this offense. And the easiest thing to do is to go out and find somebody who can run an offense that is a simplified offense that has worked from a lot of different quarterbacks, a lot of different receivers, a lot of different coaches. The West Coast offense has been through and through one of the easier offenses to learn in an offense that can work with a, a multiple, multiple different quarterbacks. So when you look at the Patriots, most likely going out and getting a new quarterback, maybe even drafting that quarterback at number three, which means young quarterback, somebody that has to develop it just makes it easier when you have that new young quarterback dealing with the West Coast offense, and it makes it much easier when all of the people around that quarterback also learn the new system, which is much more simple. So I love the idea of the West Coast offense. It simplifies everything from coach to quarterback to offensive line to skill position players. It will simplify the entire system and how the scheme is run, and it, it will make it much easier for the quarterback to digest. And if you're talking about Drake May or Jaden Daniels, if that's who they go with, if you're talking about Bo Nix or Michael Penix, 
it doesn't matter. If they do draft a quarterback in this draft in late April to hand over a system that is easier to learn with not all of these things to remember and all of the audibles and changes at the line, it just makes it so much, so much easier for that quarterback, which to me is very important. I think it's critical. And when we think about the West Coast offense, of course, Van Pelt, he worked with Mike McCarthy in Green Bay, but he's also worked with people, including Kevin Stefanski, who also have history with the Gary Kubiak slash Shanahan offense. So Van Pelt has ties to the old school West Coast offense, but he also has ties to Shanahan. And I'm sure he's been watching and learning from Kyle Shanahan as he watches film. So this is a quarterback friendly system, a very quarterback friendly system going from a very unfriendly quarterback system. Louise jumps in with a super chat again. You can throw super chats up here and jump the line. We're talking about the New England Patriots hiring Alex Van Pelt as the offensive coordinator. The Patriots also announced the other coordinators that we knew about. Jeremy Springer, special teams. Demarcus Covington, defensive coordinator. Thanks to everybody joining me on this Thursday night. We had to do a breaking news podcast after talking about this OC position over and over and over again. Louise jumps in. Sorry, I'm late. It's fine. Cheers from Brazil. Has he ever been a play caller? OC, OC for Buffalo in 2009. So he does have offensive coordinator chops on his resume. And, you know, he he took over in 2009 after there was some some changes within the, the offensive staff right before that year. So he has been an offensive coordinator. He did it in Buffalo in 2009. Appreciate you, Louise. David Burnham, just chipping in. Thank you, David, as always. Matthew Zabin has a comment. West Coast probably means Mac is the quarterback in 2024. So I've heard some people talk about this. I'm not going to jump to conclusions. I don't think that the West Coast offense means that Mac Jones is the quarterback in 2024. Could it mean that? I guess we could leave the door open. But let's not forget about the reports that have come out over the last week or two about Mac Jones. What have we been told? We've been told that the Patriots will be waiting for their phone to ring, that they are willing and able to trade Mac Jones and might even want to trade Mac Jones if the pick is worth trading him for. They're not married to Mac Jones. So I'm not going to take this higher and say, oh, Mac is the starting quarterback in 2024. I'm not going to do that. Other people are doing that. I am not going to do that. So the top priority of going with a simpler offense with so much turnover on that side of the football, and again, thank you, Matthew, for the super chat. If anybody wants to throw a super chat in there, be my guest. You contribute to the show, of course, financially, which is big, but you also jump to the front of the line with your comment or question. Also, while you're here, take out a second. Give us that like on the YouTube YouTube likes means eyeballs. Every like means an awful lot to this program. We're trying to build this community and subscribe. Trying to get to 1,750 subscriptions by Valentine's Day. The traffic is picking up here tonight. Let's like, comment, and subscribe. So again, called plays, Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator in 2009. Uh, not, not, not a vast experience, obviously. Not a vast experience of being an O.C., Again, when we talk about offensive coordinator in Cleveland, he was not calling the plays. Kevin Stefanski was calling the plays. So let's not get that twisted up. 
But what Matt Van Pelt did do in Cleveland was he played a significant role within this offense. Significant role within the offense. He was heavy within the game planning. So he's somebody who would help game plan for the week. And then Stefanski on game days, he would call the plays. But Van Pelt was the one that was going over, all right, this is what the defense wants to do. This is why they want to do it. This is how we attack that defense. These are the plays that I think will work out. So he played a vital role in that. Very similar to the way that Gerard Mayo played a vital role in the game planning of the defense for the Patriots the last couple of years. Very similar role. So he has worked with the game planning. He has worked with getting that offense ready for Kevin Stefanski. And again, was an OC in Buffalo in 2009. Another part of this hire, as far as the idea, again, I'm not guaranteeing you that Alex Van Pelt's going to be a home run. But another reason why I like the hire, something else we talked about, aside from the offense being more simple, aside from moving away from Josh McDaniels and all the other Patriots brains, getting somebody from outside of the building, we talked about developing the quarterback. And Alex Van Pelt has worked as a quarterback's coach for about 15 years. QB's coach for about 15 years at the NFL level. This is somebody who knows how to talk to a quarterback. This is somebody who absolutely knows how a quarterback thinks because he was a quarterback in the NFL. So one of the things we've discussed was having somebody who has the experience of working with quarterbacks. Nick Cayley did not have that. If Cayley was the guy, we'd be wondering, okay, number one, what offense is Cayley going to run? We've asked that question. Was Nick Cayley going to run an offense that was a Josh McDaniels offense? Or was he going to run an offense that was a Sean McVay offense because of the last year that he has spent in L.A. with the Rams? We didn't know. We had no clue. But we did know that Nick Cayley had 0.0 experience as a quarterback's coach and working with a quarterback. So Van Pelt has that experience in spades. He played the position in college. He played the position at the NFL level. And he has been coaching quarterbacks in the league for almost two freaking decades. All right, let's jump to some comments here. Drew Edwards says, Baker, 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 go get him. I think Baker's going to stay in Tampa. Baker wants to stay in Tampa. It sounds like Tampa wants Baker to stay in Tampa. So I, I think you're looking at uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback, Baker Mayfield in 2024. James jumps in and says, Hola, Nick. Can't believe this news. Out of left field, which we'll talk about. Why was this news out of left field? We had all of these, you know, names being thrown out there. We had these 11 interviews that hadn't been reported on. So why all of a sudden did we get this? Why all of a sudden did we get Alex Van Pelt out of left field? And should that concern you? We'll see. We'll see. And I'll get to that in a little while. All right, let's go to uh, Mike N. Mike N jumps in and says, there's no way you can trot Mac back out there for the Pats, and I'm a Mac fan. Yeah, I, I think, is it impossible? No. But from what has been reported and what everybody has said in the way that uh, it has been leaked out there as far as the Patriots are interested in, in having conversations about trading Mac, that should tell you everything you need to know. I, I would say there's, what, a 10% chance, if not less, that Mac Jones is, is back here. And if he is back here, I think it's more likely he's a backup quarterback than a starting quarterback. And he comes back because he's making less than $3 million this upcoming season. That's what I would say. 
So if we look back here at all of these conversations we've had, we've talked about offense getting away from the Earhart Perkins offense. We talked about getting away from McDaniels and Bill O'Brien and some of the old think tank offensively at Gillette Stadium. We talked about what kind of offense you would run. Hopefully it was a simplified offense. So check and check on those first two. We talked about would this person have experience working with quarterbacks? That's another check. Yes, almost 15 years in the league doing so. One of the other things that we talked about regarding Gerard Mayo was his lack of a network. He, he does not have a, a thick Rolodex of names. He's known one place, played in New England, coached in New England. With Van Pelt, he has a large, vast network. Again, he worked for the Bills. He worked for the Bucks. He worked for the Packers. He worked for the Bengals. He worked for the Browns. In every place he's been, you get new coaching staff, new guys that you work with, and Van Pelt played in the league for a number of years. So this is somebody who is established within the league and knows a lot of people, which brings me to Mike Reese, who posted tonight, with Alex Van Pelt as OC, the Patriots are targeting former Seahawks Rams assistant Andy Dickerson as offensive line coach. I said that today. Offensive line coach was a pivotal hire. Offensive coordinator first, the next big thing, is offensive line coach. When you bring Alex Van Pelt in, he's going to work off the network that he has. So I don't think you'll see Troy Brown back as wide receivers coach. Adrian Clem will not be back as offensive line coach. A lot of these coaches are going to be, I would think, gone and replaced by Alex Van Pelt people. Now, Dickerson attended Tufts University. Proven success, Mike Reese says, with rookie development, Charles Cross, Abraham Lucas, and run game schemes, Evan Lazar from Patriots.com jumped in. He quote tweeted Reese's post, and Lazar posted, Dickerson got some interest around the league as an offensive coordinator candidate. This would be a great hire for the Patriots. So Mike Reese and Lazar, very, very excited about the idea of Andy Dickerson being the next offensive line coach for the Patriots. Again, that's a critical hire. But we talk about the staff. I know a lot of people have been frustrated by the staff offensively, understandably so here with the Patriots. Bringing in an outside name and somebody with that network like Van Pelt has, bringing that person in will help turn over some of this staff. All right, don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Every like means the world to us here at the Nick Cattle Show. We've been cranking since September. If you're just joining us for the first time, this podcast hits usually every morning, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. on YouTube. We also have Facebook cranking, Twitter slash X at Nick C Radio. Where's my finger? There it is, at Nick C Radio and Spotify Apple Pods. So check us out, rate and review. Give us that thumbs up. It means the world to us. Comment and subscribe. Trying to hit 1,750 subscriptions by Valentine's Day. Here's another thing that I like about the idea of hiring. Alex Van Pelt. Again, I can't tell you he's going to work out. We truly have no idea. What is he going to have to work with? Who's your quarterback? Who's your wide receiver one? What's your tight end depth chart look like? Who's backing up Ramondre Stevenson? All of those things. Those questions have to be answered. So will Van Pelt work? I can't sit here and guarantee you that he's going to be great. I can't tell you he's going to stink. But I will tell you that Elliot Wolf worked with Van Pelt in Green Bay. Now, why does that matter? Well, Wolf is highly respected. 
We've had that conversation about Elliot Wolf. He is, I think, the de facto GM, and I think this move proves that, which I'll get into in a minute. But Elliot Wolf is highly respected throughout football. He's not a Belichick guy. He watches a ton of tape. He is an old school evaluator, but he is somebody that's been a part of multiple front offices across the NFL. I've been told from people that I know that he is a quote unquote rock star. So Elliot Wolf had a big hand in this hire. And I think going off of Wolf's reputation, that makes me feel good about this. It makes me feel good that Elliot Wolf believes that Van Pelt can be the guy. I also think, as I just said, this leads us to believe that Elliot Wolf is indeed running this operation in the front office as the de facto GM. I mentioned this earlier in the week. Matt Groh is down in Alabama. Oh, Mobile, Alabama. He's down in Alabama, and he's with the scouting department looking at these prospects. Meanwhile, Wolf has been back here at Gillette Stadium with Mayo running these interviews. And that tells me the guy who is going to be the GM or at least fill the GM role, maybe without the title, currently is Wolf because Wolf is working on the staff with Mayo, which is more of a GM thing. It's a big picture thing. Grow is on the ground with the rest of the scouting department at the Senior Bowl. So this would tell you Elliot Wolf has a big influence. And it would also tell you that Gerard Mayo and Wolf are working hand in hand. And if you're going to hire a GM with a first-time head coach, you want that GM to have a relationship with Mayo, and you want Mayo to feel comfortable, to feel comfortable with that new GM. Phil Perry just posted. I mentioned this, the the you know multiple influences that Alex Van Pelt has as a coach. Mike Reese had posted that earlier tonight when the news broke. And here's uh, Phil Perry. Here's the coaching tree, okay? My guy, Phil, love Phil. Had him on the podcast going back a couple of months ago. Look forward to having him on the podcast soon. Here's what Phil Perry posted. Van Pelt has worked most recently under Kevin Stefanski, who worked under Gary Kubiak, who was a longtime assistant of Mike Shanahan. Again, Van Pelt is linked to the Kubiak-Shanahan offense. West Coast guy. Shanahan, Kubiak, and McVeigh, of course, stems from Shanahan. It's all connected. Van Pelt also worked under Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. Zach Taylor was an assistant with Sean McVeigh in Los Angeles. So now you start putting the pieces together. Kubiak, Mike Shanahan, Zach Taylor, who worked with Sean McVeigh. Gerard Mayo and Elliot Wolf, during this process of talking to the offensive coordinator candidates, it was obvious that they were targeting somebody who was of that West Coast descent, would be able to influence this offense involving McVeigh and Shanahan in that coaching tree. That's where Gerard Mayo wants to take this offense. And I think that's exciting. I can't tell you about Van Pelt's ability, play in and play out to be a play caller. But what I can tell you is, again, I love the idea of going to that offense and saying, that's what's working. That's the system that's working. That's the scheme that is putting points on the board. We need to go do that. We need to evolve this thing in New England. It's been the same damn thing for a quarter of a century. We need to evolve this offense. 
Perry tweets out, widely respected offensive mind with over a decade of coaching NFL quarterbacks. Plenty of reasons for the Patriots to go this direction. So, again, it is a very deep coaching tree that Alex Van Pelt is a part of with several, and I mean several, exciting and interesting names on that list from that tree. Other things that have been said about Alex Van Pelt. Before I get to more of your comments, don't forget, like, comment, subscribe. If you want to jump to the front of the line, we're very busy tonight. You can jump to the front of the line by sending us a Super Chat. Super Chat contributes to the show financially, which I always appreciate. I'm a one-man band. I don't have a producer. I do this thing on my own. So I always appreciate that. And also, you jump the line to get your comment or question out there. Other things that I've read. Sources talking to beat writers. A lot of people say that Van Pelt's a culture guy. That fits within the Mayo philosophy, right? Mayo has pushed culture. He's pushed, you know, being a player's coach. He's pushed the idea of connecting to players first and that you connect with the player on a personal level and then you get to the scheme stuff. And so what you see is Demarcus Covington. And we went over this on the prior podcast. You could check that out if you're just joining us for the first time or you missed it. Earlier podcast, going back a few episodes about Demarcus Covington being the new DC for the Patriots. Demarcus Covington, when he's had conversations with the media, he has sounded exactly like Gerard Mayo. This idea of personal connection, this idea of reaching the player and then getting the most out of that player. Culture, vibe, energy. That's Covington. That's Mayo. That's what you hear about Jeremy Springer, the new special teams coordinator. He's a guy who's got great energy. He's always bouncing around. He's always connecting with players. Alex Van Pelt is known as a culture guy. He has no ego. He's somebody who works with players, believes in players, trusts in them, and makes that connection. These are all common themes. The personalities are very similar between the three coordinators and how they look at an NFL player in 2024 and how they handle that NFL player in 2024. And Mayo obviously learned from Belichick. I remember saying this. People were looking at Mayo, and we'll get back to Van Pelt in a minute, but people were looking at Mayo saying, oh, he's, he's a Belichickian, right? He's going to be the same thing as Bill Belichick. And I remember saying this. Why would we look at Mayo and say he's just going to copy what Bill did? Why would we not say that Mayo is sitting there with a notebook and a pen and he's writing things down and he's learning. He's learning from the mistakes that he thinks Belichick has made. And he's saying to himself, this is all the same think tank, right? All of these guys have come within this system. Let's go out of the system. Let's bring some new blood in here. Let's go get somebody like Jeremy Springer who has experience with Sean McVay and that staff out in LA. Let's go get an Alex Van Pelt. Let's interview all these different guys for the OC job. It's not just make it easy. But the other thing that Mayo, I think, learned from Belichick is that Belichick had a certain way of dealing with players. And I don't think the coaching staff, or at least some of the coaching staff, agreed with the way that Belichick would handle the new generation of football player. And so Mayo is making a concerted effort to bring guys onto his staff that he believes understand how to connect with that new generation. And it's obvious he wants everybody on his staff on the same page. This is how we're communicating. This is how we are approaching players. This is our philosophy. 
So culture guy, people say he's a great dude. I haven't met Alex Van Pelt personally, but that's what they tell you. Good coach. And again, multiple influences. Another thing I'll get to in a minute is about Alex Van Pelt's future and how that could weigh in on all of this. Dylan Riley jumps in. It's important to note the one game Van Pelt called plays for was in the Steelers versus Browns playoff game. They put up 48. I don't know that for certain, but if you say so, all right, that would be a good note. <laughs> Scott Lakin says, the best part about this Van Pelt, he has connections to coaches all around the league. Yes, the network, the network. And he has, he has experience with different offenses as well within the same criteria of the West Coast approach. But again, Kubiak, Shanahan, he has links with McVay because of Zach Taylor when he was in Cincinnati for a couple of years. And you know that he has his own ideas how to handle, handle certain things. He understands this works, that doesn't work. Maybe we can try that. Nolan says he wouldn't be someone who hasn't done it before. We talk about experience. Experience was big. One of those things that we've looked at was how fresh is this coaching staff going to be? Like, are you, are you content? Are you comfortable? Are you confident in a coaching staff that has a first-time head coach, a first-time defensive coordinator, a first-time special teams coordinator, and a first-time offensive coordinator? I wasn't super comfortable with that idea. Now you have somebody with experience. He's been in the league for almost two decades. Counting his playing experience, he has been in the league for like two decades. That helps. Here's another thing. Van Pelt is not a flight risk. If he does a good job here in New England, he's not a flight risk, at least not anytime soon. He's not going to jump ship in the next year or two. And when you bring in somebody like a Zach Robinson, who ended up in Atlanta because of his relationship with Raheem Morris, if you bring in somebody like that, you are concerned about the flight risk. And so if Alex Van Pelt is here for two or three years, let's say, maybe he's here for four or five if things work out. While he's here running this offense, you are developing the offensive staff underneath him. So in case Van Pelt goes, whether it's because he wants to go or you got to get rid of him, you are building the staff underneath him to go to that next guy. And that is something that Belichick failed to do the last several years of, of his tenure here, right? When McDaniels left, he didn't have anybody to go to. He goes to Patricia and Judge. And then he has to go and scramble and get Bill O'Brien. There was not that next young, up-and-coming offensive mind. It would have been Nick Cayley, but Belichick surpassed him, said thanks, but no thanks, passed over him, and, and went to Patricia and Judge. So you don't have to worry about a flight risk anytime soon with Alex Van Pelt. So there is a lot to like about this idea. A lot to like. And I don't know, I, I, I love some of the idea. Again, I love the idea of going outside of the building. I love the idea of the West Coast offense with a Kubiak, Shanahan, McVay, Zach Taylor kind of tweak to it. I love the idea that he was an offensive coordinator at least for a year in Buffalo. He's worked extensively on game planning as an OC, just hasn't called the plays on game day in Cleveland. Let's also not forget, by the way, how about the job he did in Cleveland this year? I know he wasn't responsible for calling the plays, but he's the quarterback's coach. Cleveland went through roughly 25 quarterbacks this year, right? I mean, they had Deshaun Watson. They had Josh Dobbs. They had Joe Flacco. 
And that is a significant feather in the cap of Alex Van Pelt that you can run through three, four, five quarterbacks and have those guys ready in the short amount of time that he had them ready. I think that speaks volumes with the ability that Van Pelt has handling quarterbacks and getting them ready for whatever comes their way. Cleveland won 11 games this year while they were shuffling the deck at QB. And of course, Stefanski deserves a lot of that credit, but so does Van Pelt, who was his right-hand man with this offense, quarterbacks coach, and OC. So shout out to Van Pelt getting the most out of that position, which was a massive, massive scramble for the Browns this year. So we don't want to overlook that. So a lot of things I like. Now, I do have questions. He's been a lot of places. Van Pelt has been a lot of places. He, he, he has been a gypsy of a coach. And he hasn't stayed too long in too many places. Again, he was with the Bills from 06 to 2010. He was with the Buccaneers 2010 and 2011. He was with the Packers from 2012 to 2017. The Bengals 2018, 2019. And he was with the Browns for four years. So this is somebody who has traveled across the league. How much of that was his own doing, wanting to change things, being in Cleveland, not calling the plays and saying to himself, I want to be able to go out there and, and actually be a coordinator and call those plays on Sunday. How much was it Van Pelt? How much was it the organization wanting to move on from him because they didn't believe he was the right fit? You have to ask that question. For a guy that's traveled around as much as he has, is there something fundamentally wrong with Van Pelt as a coach? So that's one of the questions I, I have. Offensive coordinator only once Buffalo for one year in 2009. Buffalo obviously didn't feel like he did a good enough job. They moved on from him. So yes, he has OC experience, but it was one and done as the guy. And then with Stefanski, as we've covered, he wasn't calling the plays on Sunday. Here's another issue. Was he the 12th choice? And I asked that because there were 11 OC interviews that were reported. And then all of a sudden tonight, Van Pelt gets the job out of left field. He wasn't reported to have interviewed for this job. Andrew Callahan of the Herald, he posted earlier tonight, right before we jumped on here, the Patriots moved fast on Van Pelt first interviewing him last night, and then again today. All right. This is an issue for me. You went through 11 offensive coordinator candidates, interviewed those guys, interviewed Nick Cayley and Luke Getze, not once but twice, and then you went to Van Pelt. That's concerning. He wasn't your first choice. He wasn't your seventh choice. He wasn't even your 11th choice. So the fact that they, it certainly looks like they had to pivot. Now, why did they pivot? What is the story behind this? Did they pivot because Nick Cayley said, I'm not taking the job? Is that why Nick Cayley was mentioned as the front runner, but he wasn't hired? Because Cayley said, I've, I've had enough of this and I'm going back to L.A.? I don't know who your quarterback is. You guys don't have a wide receiver one. You don't have a tight end that's signed in 2024. You've got one running back that's worth a damn in Ramondre Stevenson. 
Did Nick Cayley make that decision? Did Nick Cayley pull his name out of the offensive coordinator search for the Patriots after that second interview? Remember, Cayley came in with Springer. They came in the same day. They hung out the same night. They interviewed the same couple of days. Springer got the special teams job. Cayley, we don't know what's going to happen with him. So this does feel like there was a massive shift very late in this process, which is concerning. But something that alleviates some of my concern, again, is that Elliot Wolf has a connection with Van Pelt and has a history with Van Pelt, has experience with him. So it's not like they pivoted and went to some unknown. But it is concerning that this guy was nowhere near the top of the list for Gerard Mayo and Elliot Wolf when this search began. And now he's getting the job. That should be concerning. All right, let's hit a couple of uh, chats. If you want to chat, make sure you throw your comment in. If you want to jump to the front of the line, you can send a super chat, contribute to the show as well. Had a few of those start off. Steven jumps in and says, uh, thank you for doing your homework. Most reporters are making guesses. You are spitting facts. Steven, that's what I try to do, my man. Not sure if you're new to the program, if you are welcome, but this is what I try to do. And some people might say, Boston Sports Talk done different. What the hell does that mean, Nick? I think I do things differently. I'm not saying that those other media personalities are doing their job wrong. I'm not saying there's only one way to do this job, but I do this job, I think, a little bit differently. Some would say a lot differently than some others that you might listen to. I had a chat today in the YouTube channel that said that, uh, hey, I love listening to sports radio one day, and then I listen to you the next day to hear the counterpoint. <laughs> German P says, uh, this 2023 had like four or five quarterbacks. All of them looked good, even Couch Potato Flacco. Yes, I do think you can look at this year with Cleveland as we discussed. And the amount of quarterbacks that they had to work with at different levels, too, in different styles, right? I mean, think about Alex Van Pelt. You're working with Deshaun Watson. Then you've got to go to Josh Dobbs. Then you go from Dobbs to your prototypical pocket passer and Joe Flacco. And you're working hand-in-hand with Stefanski to figure out what is best offensively for those guys. They're different quarterbacks. They're different style quarterbacks. And you were able to get the most out of what you had. I think that says an awful lot. I really, that's not easy. That is not freaking easy. Patrick, I am unbelievably happy, Nick. This is a new era in New England, no longer about organization ran by an antiquated approach and filled with Belichick under qualified minions. I love the idea of going outside the building. That was my number one option. When we talked about who was going to be offensive coordinator, I said, go outside the building, go outside of this scheme. That's what I want, and that's what they've done. Peter says, hey, you mean I can get cattles before and after work? Okay, okay. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you an awful lot. Val reminds everybody, hit that like button. I agree with Val. Hit that like button. More thumbs up means more eyeballs. We build the community. We build the community. My prediction is that, you know, this offense will be much easier to learn. I think you will see some tweaks 
I think you'll see some of the McVeigh influence slash Zach Taylor. I think you'll see some elements of the old school West Coast offense. Mike McCarthy ran at Green Bay when Van Pelt was there. I think you'll see the Shanahan, you know, wide zone run system. I think you'll see a variety of West Coast offenses and those branches from the original West Coast offense. You will see elements of all of that. Ian says prediction. Max stays as a backup. QB1 gets hurt. Matt comes in, lights it up, comeback player of the year, traded for big bucks. Could you imagine? Could you freaking imagine? Mr. Snoopy, I think this is a great sign. I love the Browns' offense and their schemes. My girlfriend's from Cleveland. Only reason why I watch them, especially this year since we suck, this is a great signing, great decision. So we'll see. We'll see how it all works out. Very, very busy night. I appreciate every single one of you. I have not eaten dinner. I literally went from a Greg Bedard Patriots podcast that I host with him. We recorded that tonight when the news broke. Like, we were in the middle of that pod. The news broke. So, oh, man. Okay, let's shift gears. Did that. Literally took about a 30-minute break and jumped right into this breaking news podcast. I got to go have some dinner. I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you. Again, one-man band, if you're just joining us for the first time tonight, I can't say enough. I appreciate you for jumping in. Hopefully the water was warm. The beverages were cold. If you enjoy what we're doing, give us that thumbs up, comment, and subscribe. Trying to hit 1,750 subscriptions by Valentine's Day. We're trying to build this thing, and we build it through all of you. So I appreciate your time. I appreciate you joining me. It means the world to me. Last second, Thursday night, Alex Van Pelt is your new offensive coordinator for the Patriots outside the building, outside the system. We all hope it works. I'm back tomorrow, Friday, 11 a.m., right here on the channel. Want to check us out? Please do so. I would appreciate it. But now, I can go fill my empty belly. This is the Nick Cattle Show.